Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girlbomb. Girlbomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girlbomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self-care. So to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining. Keep being you and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com This is Unbreakable with Jay Glaser, a mental health podcast, helping you out of the gray and into the blue. Now, here's Jay Glaser. Welcome into Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glaser. Luckily, I'm Jay Glaser. That's why I'm sitting here today and, you know, doing this podcast allows me to meet people I never would have met. And that's the one thing about living in the gray. It's really attached me to people that I never would have come across in life. And, you know, me opening up talking about this, I didn't know how many teammates I really had out there. So for so many years, I just sat there and suffered in silence and just, you know, hit it and created this other character about myself, the glaze that you all see on on television um, to hide what was really going on behind my eyes. But it turns out I got a lot more teammates out there. And welcoming in one of them right now who reached out to me after one of these podcasts and Man, it was just so moving and touching. And really, for everybody out there who's afraid to open up, this shows you how alone you're not when you do let yourself be so vulnerable. And with that, I'm going to welcome in my my dude, Christian Lee Navarro. You may know him from 13 Reasons Why. You may know him from a host of other things, a longtime actor, and he's now my new teammate. So welcome in. And kind of, you know, let's give a little background first before we get into, you know, what prompted you to reach out. I think it was after the Frank Grillo episode, right? My dad had sent me that episode and he had been, uh, my dad, Lee Navarro, who's a cop, retired cop now, 20 years in New York. He, he kept telling me, you got to listen to this podcast. And honestly, I knew uh, what the, the subject matter was. And I don't think I was at a place to listen to it. I was still in a fragile place, right? I knew that it would make me look in the mirror, make me think about things and, and help ultimately, right? And I think I was sort of in, in a place where I didn't, I didn't know I, I wanted to help yet. 
And uh, I had sort of gotten off my ass finally, started to get back in the gym uh, after suffering with depression and anxiety. And I'm listening to this podcast and I'm listening to Frank, who I admire as an actor. I've seen him countless things. He's a certified badass, mm-hmm. uh, martial artist, boxer, um, just a, a real man's man, right? And and I'm 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 listening to him talk about his uh, his friend's suicide and and dealing with his mental health as a as a result of that and after that and opening up about his journey generally in the business and you with him and really feeling this teammate uh vibe, right? And I thought I need to reach out immediately and, and and let this guy know that he's making a difference in my life personally, right? Just in case, you know, sometimes whatever we do as, as and I would consider you an artist, my friend, um, as artists, whatever we do, sometimes we put that out there into the world and we don't know what's coming back at us. And I thought I got to reach out and say thank you uh, because I did feel included. I felt heard. It was, um, wow. it was the first time in a, in a while that I thought, man, they really get you know, I, I'm in therapy. I've been in therapy, but it's it's good to have that validation amongst your peers and people you look up to this way. And I think your show validates a lot of people's journeys. What led you to be in such a dark place? Well, it's uh, it's twofold, man. I, I I took this incredible ride with this show, uh, Thirteen Reasons Why. You know, number one show on the planet for a while. Half a billion people tuned into this thing on Netflix. And for um, for people who don't know, it's a show about suicide. Yeah, it's a it's right. a show about suicide prevention. It's a show a show about mental health awareness. And whilst on this show, I, I all over the world met people who shared their stories, right? And and it was a privilege to be in that position. A lot of people don't they didn't feel like they had anyone else who could understand. Hmm. And because I portrayed this character, uh, and my character on the show is is sort of a little bit more um, even keel, and he's there for everyone. You know, I, I they felt like they could bring their their pain to me, and I would listen to it and you know, really empathize. But I never, during this four or five years we did this thing, I never once stopped and thought about me, my mental health and where I was. I was just riding this high, you know, for 10 years, I was auditioning and, and getting bits here and there. And then this thing happened and I'm thinking, fuck, it's the dream, right. right? This is it. I'm on the top of the mountain. And then it ended, right? The, it, the show ended, pandemic happens, two years, no one's calling, nothing's happening. Um, And I think what I allowed to happen was this thing that I loved and still love so much. I let it become me. I let it become the thing that defines me. Uh, so when I didn't have work coming in, I didn't understand it. I'm watching people who are, you know, they say comparison is the thief of joy, right? Oh, terrible. That's yeah. where social media screws us all. It does. It does. And, and that's the era we live in, right? It's a now era. It's a social media era. I'm watching all of my contemporaries excel, you know, and I'm going, well, I, I, I know I work harder. I have the work ethic. I know I'm tempted. Why isn't it happening for me? You know, at the same time, I met this woman who was everything I had ever asked for in a person. And I allowed the one to poison the other. You know, my I, I had never dealt with depression, anxiety. I certainly never had self-confidence issues. And all of these things were compiling on top of each other whilst I'm trying to hold on to this person who, who was, and, you know, I still love her very much, but, but I couldn't do it. I allowed that to poison the one, you know, one to poison the other. Mm. And it took me to places I didn't know I could go in that regard. And for the first time I realized, holy shit, I'm not, I worked on this show and I never once thought about my own mental health. I never, they offered it to us, you know, Universal, uh, excuse me, Paramount and Netflix, they, uh, we had counselors on set. They had resources. Really? Yeah. They had were counselors really, on set? Really? Yeah. We had, I mean, everything from therapy dogs to psychiatrists, psychologists, everything. Wow. We were really diligent about taking care of the actors as we were trying to tell this story. But I never thought I needed it. Uh, I think part of that is growing up the way you grow up. 
as young men in the society. And I think part of that is I really felt like I was on a high, right? I, I wasn't, I didn't feel bad until it was taken away from me and you got to look in the mirror. And who are you if all that shit's gone, right? That's that's the, the tough question I was coming up against. Yeah. But but it's also interesting because your character, right, you're, you're basically there to spread the message and the word of why someone else committed suicide. And then the rest of the world comes to you like you're really that person. That's a big burden yeah. to take on in the real world. Yeah. And I take it on here doing a mental health podcast. People act like I'm your therapist. I'm not. I'm just a dude who's fucked up, who's learning to be good with his fucked upness. And yeah. God bless me with the ability to communicate about it. And I think that, you know, there's this, this great line I heard recently, the pressure is a privilege. Um, and it's, it's hard sometimes to really see that, but it is true. Now, the flip side of that is these people think that you have it all figured out too, right? They're coming right. to you and they're saying, this is my story. Thank you for helping me get through this. And then retrospectively, I'm going, I, I'm just as fucked up as all of you, right? right. I'm just trying to get through this thing we, we call life just like everybody else. Um, and still, I, I was just in England at a convention, 13,000 fans, you know, meeting, coming up, saying hi, thank you, telling me their stories. And I got this, this letter here. This lady handed me a six page letter telling her wow. story, what she's been through. And that's like a, that's a, that's a regular occurrence because of the show we were on. But it is, it's a bit of a burden. Uh, yeah. and you know, yeah. you take on, if you're empathetic, you take on what's happened and you, and you really live with it. And, and so it can be, it can be a bit much, but it is a privilege also. Yeah. You know, it, listen, you know, one of the things, cause you're talking also, look, doing what you do. Is harder what I do because I, you're, you know, kind of beholden to what somebody else thinks of you. Yeah. Right. That's how you get your job, which fucking sucks. Yeah. Right. So I always marveled at actors saying like, man, the most successful ones have been rejected 99.99999% of the time. Yeah. A lot of rejection deal. For me to get to where I got to first 11 years of my career, people don't know this. And I wrote this in, in my book, Unbreakable. I was rejected for 11 years. I was making 9,450 bucks a year living in New York City, trying to outwork the world. I just decided I'd be rejected more than anybody else and I'd be relentless in my pursuit. But man, that rejection, folks, it fucks with you. Like be careful what you wish for when you want to get to this level because it definitely fucks with you behind your rib cage, between your ears and it gets to you. But I'm in a different case. Once I got somewhere, I'm there. You have to constantly do it. Yeah, it's, it's really strange. It's the only business where you gotta constantly prove yourself. For instance, I'm, I'm this, I was talking to you earlier. I'm in the process of, in the running for this show. It's been six months I've been auditioning for this thing. And, uh, I think to myself, there's already 50, 60, 70 hours of, of my work on TV, you know, and I starred in one of the, in this show and, uh, you just, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. You just gotta show up and prove yourself every day. And if you're not, mentally tough if you don't take care of your mental health and check in with yourself and check in with your therapist and with your friends and, and conversations like these i mean your self-worth plummets and i was able to ride that high i never had self-confidence issues but then my ex left and that was really the trigger for for all of the spiral right and and then all of a sudden i start going am i worth it self-confidence starts creeping in and then the auditions start becoming desperate right because you become beholden to this job i need this next job instead of it'd be nice if i get this you, it right. becomes i really need this thing and you can feel that desperation and it becomes a domino effect and uh, yeah it's it's tough to deal with the nose but that's the business really and i think also look you kind of got hit with something where a lot of us get hit with as we get success. Like, I think I was happier mental health wise when I was broke. Yeah. I know people out there are going to go, shut the fuck up, Blazer. You don't know what's, it, I've been on both sides. Like I've had, right. When I was making my 9,400 bucks a year, 
I had to decide, is my electricity going to get turned off this, this month? Or my gas going to get turned off? Am I just going to get fined for not paying my rent? Am I going to have to worry about getting evicted? I knew my phone bill had to stay on because I'm an investigative, you know, NFL reporter. So I had, that had to stay on, but I had nothing to lose. So I didn't give a fuck. Right. Uh-huh. And now I have so much to lose. And same with you. You've, you've hit that peak. You've hit that pinnacle. Now all of a sudden you have something to lose. You start, like you're saying, almost acting from a place of fear of losing something instead of just being relentless because you have nothing to lose. I think it's a journey that every actor probably goes on and everyone in this business probably goes on, right? There's always another mountain. And I don't think you know that as a young person, just trying to get to that peak. Uh, and then once you get there, you know, there's just as many valleys and you can see just as many peaks in front of you. And so it becomes daunting, right? It's like, oh shit, I got to keep climbing. I thought I worked 10 years to get to that point to have that show. It happens. And now it's like, okay, but I'm only 31. There's another 10 years in front of me. I got to keep working and keep going. And I, I think it's normal to have those roadblocks and have those pitfalls. I just wasn't prepared. I didn't have the tools. Even though I had been working on a show that was giving me the tools, I didn't have the, the tools and I wasn't ready to use them if I had them. So for people who are first time listeners to this show, I'm hosting the show because I have what I call the gray. I have depression, anxiety, ADD, bipolar. I got it all. But my depression, anxiety, I had a choice. I could let my depression, anxiety tap me out, or I could say, okay, you know what? I'm going to use it to motivate me for something else. So I'm not able to know what it feels like to love myself from the inside out. I just never felt worthy of it. And that's what my depression, anxiety told me. So it forced me to go do all these big, great things to get love from the outside in and then hope they, they met at the middle. But when I got there, you know, I was the first ever minute by minute breaking news guy in this country when the, that internet thing first came out, which I think is going to take off. I think it's going to be a hit one day. Give us some time. Um, Give us some time. Give us some time. And man, all of a sudden I, you know, I got my first six figure gig, then seven figure gig. And man, I'm in the television hall of fame now with Fox and Bill Sunday. And I thought it'd be all rainbows and unicorns when I got there and it wasn't. If you don't know how to love yourself from the inside out, if you're not able to live in the blue, like something I strive to do, all the success in the world doesn't get you there. Do you now know now the work you've done on yourself? Has it always been there for you? Or is it as a result of how tumultuous your career has been? If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in the United States experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many people with mental health needs fail to receive the treatment and support necessary to elevate their quality of life. Carillon Behavioral Health is doing something about it. Born out of one of the largest healthcare organizations in the country, Carillon Behavioral Health believes that behavioral health is a key part of whole health. With 40-plus years of experience and 115,000 in-network providers, they understand the power of meaningful connection and compassionate care treating physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carillon Behavioral Health is there to not only help individuals in need, but caregivers, parents, and communities, so everyone comes out stronger on the other side. Carillon Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty, beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. 
Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. I think that all, particularly actors, were all sort of bastards and broken things, right? I think um, when I analyze why I got into this thing, I'm a pretty smart guy. I had a lot of options in high school going into college. This seemed crazy to my parents, to myself, even to get into this field. But I think I loved it because I got to be other people. I got to explore other aspects of humanity. I wasn't really happy with who I was going all the way back, right? Because that's what let, that's what got me into it. And then I went to college at conservatory, an acting conservatory, where I continued that, uh, that, that sort of through line. I just got to be other people. I got to explore being other people and I was good at it. So, okay, now I can make a living at being other people. I don't ever have to be myself. So I was running away from myself. I think mm-hmm. since I was a kid, I've been running away from myself. And I'll tell you what it was. The, the last season of 13 Reasons Why I had a, director uh, she came in for three episodes i think brenda strong uh, incredible woman incredible director and i had all of these things had really started to hurl in on me at the same time and i was working on a scene with her having a really hard time and she pulled me aside and she said everything that you've been has gotten you to this point and it's served you but it can't serve you anymore and that's life you got to learn who you're going to be now and it was earth shattering to me because I was the Puerto Rican actor from the Bronx who left, moved to London, got classically trained, came back and worked harder than everybody else. That's all I cared about. That's, that's all I gave a shit about was being the hardest worker in the room, like the rock says and proving myself every day as a minority in this business. Um, it didn't matter anymore. All of that didn't matter. And I had to figure out who am I if I'm not this actor in this role, doing this room, in this room, you know, and that's when I really, that's when it really started to kick in that I, I had been running from myself for all of these years. Wow. You know, I wasn't trying to be me. And so. That's deep. I, we all have a chance to be a therapist. So you never know. And what I mean by that is you don't have to be a licensed therapist to teach somebody something first. So for her to, to come up with that, yeah, like you never know what lies around next Tuesday and to hear yeah. that, to, to change you. So when you heard that, what step did you take to help you from the inside out? The show ended. I moved down to Los Angeles. We shot in uh, San Francisco for four years, five years. And I had moved down to LA and I delayed it, right? I had looked in the mirror and I said, it'll come to me in my own time. It'll come to me in my own time. Um, and then I met a, a woman and it supplanted the therapy that I needed. Put all of my energy into that. Yeah, we did- need that outside love. Yeah, I do the same thing. 
Yeah. And it fucks up every relationship I have. Exactly. That's exactly what happened to me. I didn't do the work that I needed to do. I focused on this relationship. I put a hundred percent into it. Um, I fucked up and made mistakes and all of that, but that one, that nagging thing of you don't have the work. So you're nothing, right? It's that voice in your, in your, it's what you talk about sometimes too, having those, those sometimes friends, sometimes enemies in our brain going, you're not good enough. Yeah. You the know? roommates you're in your not, head. Yeah. The roommates in your head. If I, I had those roommates going, you know, yeah, you had this thing. It's gone. What are you if you can't do that again? You know, who are you if you can't provide for this woman who's relying on you and responsible, you know, that you're responsible for? And that just kept getting louder and louder and louder until depression and anxiety really sunk in. And she left because who the fuck wants to deal with that, you know? And then that's what spearheaded me. And I I contacted an organization called BetterHelp. Fantastic organization. They do online therapy sessions. Yep, absolutely. But you get to choose your therapist. You get, I mean, you can. They're a sponsor of the show. Oh, so there you go. There you go. I reached out to them and I I wrote them similar. I reached out on Instagram and I said, listen, I need help. I don't really feel like going through the ordeal of going to one therapist. Is it in my insurance? Blah, 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 blah. All this bullshit. Your guys seem uh, like it'll work for me. They and I worked together. They gave me a couple of months of therapy and it was, it became life changing. Wow. Yeah. Better help. uh, Absolutely saved my life at, at that point. I mean, I was ready. Wow. Yes, they are the sponsor of the show. And it's incredible that you're, you're saying this. It's just, um, but also look, it's so brave of you. It's brave of you to reach out to somebody or something you don't know, say, I need help. And I want others to hear that also and say, look, if two badasses like the two of us could say that, that we do this, you can too. Like no one's going to question your manhood. I think therapists are like coaches, right? So like anything we do in the gym or athletically, there's no shame in us talking to a coach or going to a coach. In fact, you got to go to a coach. There shouldn't be any shame in us going to a feelings coach, a mental coach, a, you know, a coach for what's behind our rib cage. So that's beautiful that you did that, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what it was that, that spearheaded that moment. My dad showed up on my doorstep. My best friend, Jack Cummins, he hears from me all the time, right? He hadn't heard from me in a couple of months and he, he reached out to my dad and he said, listen, I'm worried about your son. And my dad hadn't heard from me as frequently either. And that time they didn't know this was happening, but during that time, I'm, I'm here doing everything, but what I should be doing, right? I'm drinking too much. I'm started. I've always smoked weed, but I started to really use it as a coping mechanism. Check out. Yeah. Right. And, and not think about things. And I'd sit on this couch and pretty systematically day by day, I'd go, what's keeping me here? Um, here, I mean alive. And I would reason out these things like, okay, you know, whatever the responsibility was, well, it'll be okay. You know, if I, if I go and I started to really, the thought of suicide became real for me in a way that it had never been. It it became this thing that I thought, um, if I can just logic out all of the things that would prevent me from doing this thing, I'd be okay with it. Right. And the last thing that was standing in my way were my dogs. I got three beautiful fucking dogs. Um, and I love them. I get emotional when I talk about them because during the the darkest days of my life, you know, it was waking up and going, I got to take care of this, this thing that needs me and loves me that, that pulled me through, you know, but I had gotten to this place where I was starting to go, you know, my dad will take care of the dogs. He loves them. So-and-so will take care of them. He loves them. And the next day my dad showed up in LA unbeknownst to me, you know, he's retired. He just do that. So I had to have these conversations with him, right? He saw me, he knew his son, he knows what I look like. And um, I wasn't in a good place. Right. And he, I saw him have the heartbreak of, I can't help him. And I never wanted to make my father feel that way again because uh, he's my superhero, you know? Mm-hmm. And then that was it for me. I said, okay, no more. You got to pull your bootstraps up. And my dad's always been 
of that ilk, right? Pull your bootstraps up, go to work, uh, be the best guy in the room. Excellence is the best deterrent against racism. These are all things he always taught me, you know, and, and I saw him go, I can't help him right now. Uh, and I, and I didn't like that feeling. And I thought, okay, I got to come back out of this for him, but because he taught me better. Wow. The fact that you did a show about suicide and that you started thinking about suicide, was there any correlation? Uh, only in irony, you know, I would think about it. That show was all about having a reason to live, right? And that there are so many reasons to live. Um, and, and I was sitting here eliminating those reasons. It was ironic. It was, um, it was dark, a sort of sardonic kind of humor to it. But ultimately, I think having worked on that show reminded me in the end of all of the reasons I do have to stick around, right? And, and the reasons you continue to create, uh, as you go on. We all have reasons that, look, you know, again, I have a whole chapter in my book about you never know what lies around next Tuesday. You never know, like, because you're still here. Somebody may hear this podcast. You may save somebody's life. You know, you'll definitely affect someone's life. And you never know when that love can come around the corner and how much you could be of service to people and when your next thing may happen. Or, you know, like, you may not give a fuck whether it's acting or not acting. That's something that could make you happy all of a sudden. And we just got to stick around. For those reasons you say, you know, I'm always trying, I'm trying to villainize suicide because it's, it's too glorified right now. And it's a little controversial that I say this, but it's too often, you know, people look at it and they go, man, somebody else kills himself and everybody's loving that person up. And you're saying, well, my life sucks right now. How come, you know, I don't feel loved. So shit, if I want love, I'm going to do the same thing. And that's not our answer. That can't be the answer. We've got to stick around. If not for us, for everybody else. And it's hard to feel that. Oh, no one's, you know, you get, and I've gotten so dark and suicidal myself where no one's going to miss me if I'm gone. Yes, we will. We'll absolutely miss you if you're gone. If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in the United States experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many people with mental health needs fail to receive the treatment and support necessary to elevate their quality of life. Carillon Behavioral Health is doing something about it. Born out of one of the largest healthcare organizations in the country, Carillon Behavioral Health believes that behavioral health is a key part of whole health. With 40 plus years of experience and 115,000 in-network providers, they understand the power of meaningful connection and compassionate care, treating physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carillon Behavioral Health is there to not only help individuals in need, but caregivers, parents, and communities, so everyone comes out stronger on the other side. Carillon Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from The Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. 
And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Yeah, and and I think, you know, I mentioned that convention and these letters and things. And I I called my dad when I was in England. It was in in Liverpool. And I said, you know, if nothing else, in my short time on this planet, I have affected a lot of people Mm -hmm. and and saved lives. And all I'm doing is acting. You know, I'm just I'm portraying characters, someone else's words. I'm giving my all to it, but I'm just acting. But it's made a difference in, in a lot of lives. And I'm telling them, like, that's that's enough, isn't it? You know, that should be enough. Right. To be here and, and someone else is made better by your presence or by something you've done. It's, it's easy to forget that, but I'm lucky enough to, to get these, these reminders, um, every day. So absolutely. And that's, you know, the other thing is when, when people do, and I, I bring this up also, like, and I, I say this to a lot of our combat veterans when, you know, I have a charity called MVP, Emerging Vets and Players. We, we work with a lot of combat vets and emerging with ex athletes and it's a very high suicide rate amongst our vets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've had a couple of close calls, if you will, where a, a brother of one of our, our members actually commit suicide and the whole room's crying. And mm-hmm. I always say, Hey, do you think your brother right now is in whatever afterlife you believe in looking and seeing all of us cry? A hundred of us in a room crying, celebrating that we're all crying like, yes. Or do you think he's up there saying like, Oh, fuck. No. What did I do? I didn't want to do this to these people. No, I, didn't, I was just trying to take my own pain out. I didn't mean to do this to everybody else. And I think if we kind of can look at it that way, I don't know, maybe we can help prevent somebody else from doing that too. I think at the heart of that, Jay, is, is acts of service, right? Like the thing yeah. that pulls us through, you might not ever be okay, right? We not we might not ever be okay right. with sitting alone, right? And feeling okay. Like happiness is right. a an illusion sometimes, right? Right, right. So it has yeah. been right. I'll, 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 right. I'm always going to be in pain. I'm never just not, I was born like this. That's it. If, if it isn't about us, and in my thinking, it can't be about us because right. we're only here for a split second, right? It's got to be about the impact you leave on other people. And when in doubt, help someone out, right? Like any time I've ever committed an act of service, I've walked away yeah. feeling better about myself. Being of service, um, absolutely. It is a pillar to get us through that gray. Yeah, absolutely. I love that 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 phrase in the gray because I feel like more people than not are in the gray. Yeah. People than not are walking there. And I think what, what shifts it a little bit, even for just a moment, is having someone else who's in the gray go up to you and be like, I'm here with you, buddy. And then there's a little bit of color in that. And I want people to understand, too, like, just so you know, like, look at us. We're bonding over this. It's the first time we've met, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we've we reached out, and I appreciate you reaching out because now you're my brother walking in this gray with me. Like, mm-hmm. now you're fucking stuck with me, whether you like it or not. Amen. <laughs> but my friends are the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. 
It is The Rock and Stallone and Randy Couture and Chuck Liddell and the Michael Strands and Howie Longs. And this is who I work with. This is my crew, right? Not one of them. I've cried every one of them. I've gone to each one of them when I need help. I've gone to each one of them when I'm having my gray days. Not fucking one of them have called me a wuss, told me to suck it up, or said, oh, Jay, what do you have to be sad about? Your life is so great. In fact, it's done the other. It's gotten us all so much closer together. And, and we as dudes really need to do a better job of understanding that's what's going to get us close together. Me, me having an extra round with Randy Couture in the cage is not what gets us closer. Me and him sitting around afterwards talking about shit and crying to each other, that's what gets us closer. So it's okay. And I want people to understand that. Like, look at the bond that you and I are, are forming over this. And if you and I were just talking sports or talking fighting or talking football, talking acting, it wouldn't be as close. It wouldn't be this tight. This bond wouldn't be this strong. And that's where somebody like you and somebody like me, we we can be of service well past what our jobs are. Yeah, I thought, and, and I'd say when I reached out to you, I think it's important for young men specifically. There's so many figures out there right now in social media, on TV, uh, politics that preach a certain kind of lifestyle, right? Very vitriolic, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's important for young people all over to understand that it's not wrong to be empathetic, that in fact, it makes you stronger to be vulnerable, to be empathetic, to care about your brother and sister is a fucking superpower. Uh, and I sit sometimes and think, imagine if all of us gave a fuck the way that you give a fuck, the way that the rock cares, the way that, you know, imagine if we all had that effort where we would be. Um, I think oftentimes the dissenting voices can be the loudest. Uh, and, and so they cause a lot of fucking trouble and they, they, they bang a lot of pots and pans, but your voice, our voices, it cuts through all that bullshit because it's true. Uh, and, and it's about sticking together, right? And coming out on the other side stronger. You're never going to be weaker yeah. together. You know, it's always going to make you strong. Give me a story of, again, I'm, I'm not an actor, so I don't have these experiences. Give me that experience for you where like, fuck man, here's my moment. I'm there and it didn't happen. Like you thought you made it. You know, like Frank Rillo was saying, right? He got, he thought it was a minority report and he went to walk the red carpet and, and he found out during the premiere that he was cut out. I've had those moments too. Yeah, man. I'll tell you, this is a more recent one and, and I'm sort of able to, uh, to laugh about it now, but at the height of the success of the show, you know, you try to strike while the iron's hot as a Puerto Rican. First of all, there are not many people that I can look to as examples uh, in the business. There, there hasn't been uh, traditionally, right? Second, the roles that we typically play or are asked to play are not the kind of roles that call to me. I'm not a thug or a drug dealer. Or, so there's a certain amount of doing that because you got to pay the bills. But then, you know, at a certain point, you're like, no, I, I can do this at the highest level. I don't want to do this uh, to serve this narrative, right? So you start trying to make things happen. And I reached out to Warner Brothers uh, uh, DC at the time because... There's not very many Latino superheroes, uh, but there's one, and I had started to write a treatment for it, and I, I bought the comics, and I immersed myself in it because I don't do anything half-assed in that regard, and I got a meeting with them, you know, with these two guys. I, I won't name them, but they were running the company over there, the DC unit over there at the time at Warner Brothers, and the fucking – it went amazing, right? Amazing meeting. They're thinking – I'm hearing them tell me, and as you know in Hollywood, they say one thing, and it could be another thing, right? But I'm hearing them say, uh, uh, you know, we love you for this. Uh, the Blue Beetle is the character. Uh, and, uh, pitched my ideas and said, you know what? We got a script going. It's in development. When we, when it's done, we'll give you a call. Fast forward a year later. I mean, and this, it really did hurt. It, 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 they, they didn't have a casting process. There was nothing. They had just announced they went with this other guy. Um, and I thought, man, that's, 
humbling, right? Like you think I got my foot in the door this way. At least I'll maybe wait for the same role. Yeah, they just there was no audition process. They just gave it to this guy. I'm sure he had to read for it and things like that, but it just went to this other guy. Um, and I felt gutted, right? I felt like, oh my god, they didn't even call me in to read for this thing. You know, I'm I'm on this show. I'm starring in this show. Blah 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 blah. And your ego starts to get on you. Yeah. Uh, so that that broke me for a while because after that, it was sort of a domino effect of getting really, really, really close, um, and and then not getting anything at all, right? And now I've learned, and I think it's trial by combat, certainly, but now I've learned that you got, you get the ones you get by and large. You know, I think a lot of actors will tell you that you get the ones you're supposed to get. I read a story about Christian Bale, one of the best fucking actors on the planet. Uh, he just had an Esquire article out about how he's only gotten <laughs> roles that Leo DiCaprio has turned down. Really? Yeah. And you're thinking, <laughs> this, this is fucking Christian Bale. He's one Oscar. <laughs> he's incredible, right? And he's saying, for the longest fucking time, I would only get work that Leo turned down, yeah. you know, and it puts you, it puts it in perspective. So I've, I've mellowed out a, a little bit about the audition process and also learned that uh, I'm not just an actor. So I had to figure out who I was outside of that, you know, which led me to Johnny Stanton, football guy and, and D&D enthusiast, Dungeons and Dragons enthusiast. I've fallen in love the last three years with Dungeons and Dragons and uh, uh, tabletop gaming and all of that. And, and it's opened me up to an incredible group of people. And they've really saved me, man. The, these folks at Critical Role and the Dungeons and Dragons universe. That's and, awesome. That's, that's incredible. And think about something that as a kid, we just idolized that it would come back and serve you, you know, decades later. I never knew, you know, I grew up in the South Bronx. Uh, my dad's a cop. I'm a lifelong martial artist. I grew up hitting people and getting hit. Yep. I didn't know about Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't know about any of that shit. And it's funny. I talked to the people in the world now and I go, and I mean this, if I would have been introduced at nine or 10 or eight, you know, to, to Dungeons and Dragons, I would have tried to make it my whole fucking life. Cause I love it. You know, uh, I went into acting and now it's coming around a little bit later in life, but I'm really happy that I've met the people I've met and have been steeped in that world now. You know, so there was something I kind of, I guess mind games, you have to play mind games when you are going for, for jobs constantly that you're, again, it took me 11 years, 11 years of rejection to get a full-time job. And it fucking sucked. It takes so much out of your soul. But I read something in a prayer book and it, it said, appreciate the toil of the climb. Mm-hmm. And that really became my mantra all those years. It was like, okay, in other words, you know, hey man, I was interning at this place. I'm interning at WFAM Radio in New York and I, I'm getting to go to press conferences. This is the cool thing. It's the pot of gold, the end of the rainbow isn't getting the job at the end, isn't getting your dream job. It's the journey itself. Yeah. And I did train myself to believe that, like, and, and it seems like you're going through the same thing of, yeah. hey, the, the journey, that's the richest. That's the richest, not what you get or the jobs that you get hired for, the journey itself. Are you able to live that a little bit more now? I'm coming out of my dark days, right? And I'm starting to see the light there. And right. You can see behind me, my favorite actor on the planet is Al Pacino. He's got this quote that I've, I've heard a thousand times. It's just now starting to really seep in. And uh, it's it, it, I'm going to paraphrase, but actors hate auditioning. But if you're not auditioning, you're not acting that week, right? Like the five minutes I get in front of a camera and these people is the only time that I get to do what I fucking love more than anything else on the planet. So that shit for me, the last couple of months auditioning for this project I've been talking about with you, it's made it so much more rewarding to just be processed, right? And I'm really starting to look at life that way. I'm not one to make friends easy. I've had the same group of friends for 11 years now. 
I've been forcing myself to, you know, I mentioned Dungeons and Dragons. I reached out to this group of people, put myself out there. I said, man, listen, I've never played. I, I love you guys. You've helped me through some dark days. I'd love to meet you guys, you know, taking that sort of initiative. It's just not who I am. It's not, or, or I should say it's not who I've been, but it doesn't mean it can't be who I am now. Uh, and, and I've sort of been living by that, you know, and trying to be 1% better every day. And getting back in the gym was a big deal. Listening to podcasts like yours is a big deal for me because you got to want to help yourself, you know. Your cast of 13 Reasons, are you guys a close-knit group? Have you guys remained close-knit? I think the show ended and we went our separate ways because it was a lot of fucking time <laughs> all together all the yeah. time. But I will say that I've worked on a bunch of shows and um I've never had the experience that I had with these guys in the trenches. There's a lot of controversy. There was a lot of turmoil and we were all there for each other. Um, so I don't think, you know, we, I haven't seen some of them in months, some of them in years, but I know if they called me and said, I need you here, I'd be there in a heartbeat. And, and I know in my heart that it's reciprocated. We're, we're a family. How are you able to deal? Cause again, you're an actor. You're not therapist. You're not in this. And all of a sudden you're thrust in the middle of suicide talk. And there was a lot of controversy. How are you guys able to handle that? Cause that's not what your training's in. No, well, we had to get training real fucking fast. <laughs> um, I was disappointed, honestly, in just how much they relied on us to be in front of the firing squad. You know, I, I remember that happening and thinking, this is not, this dims all of the lights right now. You know, like, this is not what we should be dealing with. Um, you wrote words on a paper. I spoke unbelievably and it had an impact. And now I'm answering for the words that you wrote, right? So it was, it was difficult to navigate at first. But again, and, and I really mean this, the pressure is a privilege. I think some of us handled it better than others. Um, but we realized pretty quickly that we weren't just actors on the show. Uh, it was a movement that, that we had started inadvertently, whether we knew it or not. We were, we were now responsible for this thing, this labor of love that we created in six months, tucked away in fucking San Francisco, uh, uh, in Vallejo. We didn't know what we were doing. And then it came out and it was like here. So we all had to stand by it and stand up for it. And it made us closer as a group. And it makes every other project pale in comparison, right? Right. Like, I hope at least I'm not going to have to go through the ringer with some of those things the way we did with that show. Um, so it's a life lesson. It makes you tougher, right? It didn't knock us out. It could have, but it didn't. We, we, we kept going. So talk about life lessons. My last question to you. I ask all my guests, give me your unbreakable moment. Like that thing that should have broken you. It didn't. You came through the other side of that tunnel and now you could use that for the rest of your life. Yeah. Here's a story. Not many people know. I mean, I, I've, I've mentioned, I think one of them. Uh, more recent was my bout with my, my struggle with these suicidal thoughts and my dad coming to the rescue there and spearheading it. This is another one. My freshman year college, conservatory in New Jersey, me and some of my friends, we, uh, we were broke and hungry and we figured out that we could steal from Target food, clothes, all of this shit. Over the course of six months, we took $20,000 and shit. I mean, we would take lists on Rutgers University where I went. Who needs underwear? Who needs clothes? Who needs blah, 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 blah. And we made it happen. So you're good um, thieves is what you're saying. If you're going to do something, be good at it. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we were good at it. And, and we had a rule. Nobody go twice in the same week, et cetera, et cetera. We got caught. Somebody, somebody fucked it all up, which was a good thing, right? right. And I'm sitting in the jail cell in uh, middle, middle Brook County, New Jersey. Uh, and I remember thinking, my dad told me a long time ago, if you ever get arrested, don't call me. I'm a cop. It will be the height of embarrassment for me, and I will leave you in that fucking jail. Mm. And I, this is going through my mind. I'm going, I got one call. 
So I didn't call him. I called my best friend. I said, I got enough money in my bank account. Go to them. Try to explain what the fucking situation is. Of course, I didn't know at the time. I was young and naive. I'm thinking they're going to give him my money, right? They're right, not going right, right. So everyone else got bailed out the next day. I sat there because I, I was adamant. I said, whatever you do, do not tell my fucking parents. My mom's a cop. My dad's a cop. My uncle's a cop. Like, everybody's a cop. Don't tell them. I'll be here forever, you know? Right. Um, so they're trying to collect the money amongst themselves to bail me out. Finally, you know, he has to call my mom. And uh, my mom comes and bails me out. I remember our cell was on the first floor so I could see people coming in to, to pick other people up, right? And you'd hear the name coming in. So-and-so, you're leaving, blah, 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 blah. And I heard my name and I saw my mom and I, I turned to my, my cellmate, Rick, and I said, fuck, I want to stay in here. Like, she's going to kick my ass. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And uh, I get in that car with her. Very sobering experience, right? My mom and I, we, my mom and dad divorced. We didn't see each other much at that time. This was the first time in a, in a long time that I had seen her this way. And uh, she came, no questions asked, and did this thing for me. Um, and she goes, uh, we're going to take you back to school today. You're going to pack up your shit. You're coming home because your dad wants to see you tomorrow. My heart sank, right? Obviously, she told him. Next day comes, I go to breakfast with him. And uh, he sits there and he says, I told you what would happen if, if you ever got arrested, especially something like this. I don't ever want to talk to you again. Really? God, left. Yeah. My dad is my best friend, my whole world. Right. Now, looking back, there's no way we were going to go on the rest of our lives without speaking. Right. He was teaching me a lesson. And, um, and I came out of that experience. I had one more meeting with the school conservatory I was in, one of the best acting conservatories on the planet, Rutgers Mason Groves. And uh, they met with uh, all of us that got arrested. And I'll never forget, the man's name was Israel Hicks. He was the head of the program. He said, that woman over there, Barbara Marchand, acting teacher, she's the only reason I'm not kicking you all out. Actors used to be on the same par as prostitutes and thieves. And today you proved all of that right. I don't think you'll ever amount to anything, but she thinks you will. I don't want to see you again. And he got up and he left, right? Jay, this is one of the biggest regrets I have in my life. That man died that summer. Israel Hicks. He had cancer. No one knew. Very strong man. He's a, a in, in the theater world, he's a fucking legend. Titan of a man. Um, he died. He was the head of our program. He died that weekend. That summer, excuse me. And I look back every day and I think, I wish he lived long enough for me to prove to him that I was worth the time, that I was worth the effort, you know. That moment, that that summer, everything that happened as a result of that arrest, the entire world thought I wasn't going to come out on top. I thought I wasn't going to come out on top. And I had to make the decision to to prove to my dad, to prove to Israel, to prove to myself, you're worth more than the mistakes you make. I think Israel sees it. Yeah. I think we just rent these bodies. The souls live on forever. Yeah. I'm sure he sees it. I'm sure he's proud. I hope he's right? proud. Uh, but he, it, you know, he, he never knew how big that moment was for me and how he changed my life. And I think about him often, you know, I think about him often. That's incredible. Brother, man, I appreciate you, man, so much. This is, uh, like I said, this is us all diving into mental health is going to give us bonds stronger than we ever thought we could have had. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Michael Phelps, I had him on two weeks ago and, you know, he now, when he's struggling, he reaches out to me and uh, I was struggling the other day. He saw something I posted and he reached out to me. And, you know, just check it out. So you and I now, you and I are going to be walking this walk together. And I appreciate the bonds we have, brother. Likewise, bro. Your family now, and I appreciate you. And no I, I help some people today, and it means the world for me. So thank you. You too, brother, man. I appreciate you. And let's keep walking this walk together. Love you, brother. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Vosh at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.